Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. Hi, this is John Matthews, and you're listening to Eating Habits. Thanks, bubs. Good job. <laughs> My pleasure. You kind of do that like a like a wedding DJ. You have like a wedding DJ voice. I thought about. You have some. All right, let's describe the setting. So we're at we're at Turtle's house. John Matthews is also Turtle. We'll tell the story about how you got that name here shortly. All right. But we're surrounded by all kinds of like DJ gear, speakers. There's like stereos and records and shit everywhere. I like it that way. Yeah. It's all about sound. <laughs> it is all about sound. So you used to be a professional culinarian. That's true. <laughs> and now you are a, what, what are you, what would you call you? Are you a, I'm a licensed massage and bodywork therapist in the state of North Carolina. And food enthusiast. Food enthusiast. <laughs> I I still consider myself a chef. Do you? I do. Oh, cool. Why? I take feeding my family and my friends very seriously. <laughs> I take the knowledge that I learned through many years, <laughs> and I apply that with everything I do with food. Yeah. It's a standard, a professional standard that I keep. You can get loose. Uh, instant ramen can come out. <laughs> but uh, I try to do it with love. But you also scale your coffee. I do. <laughs> Consistency. <laughs> so I key. would say that you still take it pretty seriously. I do. Somebody, somebody who, who gets the ratios of their their ground to water, temperature ratio, conundrum yeah <laughs> all in line i try I to say is i try to serious. yeah i try to source everything uh as as well as i can and uh for consistency i will weigh weigh my coffee every morning <laughs> let's tell let's tell people how why you're here right so you and i met you tell the story of how we met We've known each other for how long? Have we know fucking known each other. I can't do the math, dude. It's a long time. Uh, so we probably met in nineteen ninety six. It was ninety six. Okay, so ninety six would be it, that's, uh, I can't New England. That. Yeah, it's a long time. Twenty six <laughs> years. Twenty six years. Yeah, it's a long time. That's a no that's a, longer. It's longer than that. Yeah. Hold on. Okay, you tell the story. I'm going to do the math. We'll do the math. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we met at New England Culinary Institute in Vermont. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what our first block was, but well, you, had, you had come a couple days late, I feel like. Maybe. I was there for the orientation. We met on the first day of orientation. Is that that's, when it was? That's when it was. I think I maybe arrived that day <laughs> to school. What did we say? That was 1990. 96. Six? 26 years. Yeah. You got the okay, math right. Wow. Good job, dude. Still you still got, got it. it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and right. uh, <clears throat> I do remember introducing myself to you. You did. I believe I said my name was John. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think you said something to the effect, <laughs> no, it's not. It's fucking turtle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it, what it seems like you yeah. said. And, uh, like yeah, it's, it's stuck. It's, it's, a way, it's a way of life. Even with the uh, video games uh, we were playing this morning with the, uh, the family, I was the turtle. Uh, you're always, you're, always the, you're either the turtle character. My achievement was slowest. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly how you earned the yeah. name. Yeah. So, so the way I recall it is it was like we were in like a, we were in like, it wasn't like an auditorium, but it was like a big, almost like a banquet room or something. And all the students were standing around. We might've been in our goofy set. Were we in our goofy getups yet? We were in our whites. Yeah, in our whites with the hats and the whole yeah, shebango, which I'm going to attach some pictures. Excellent. That you shared <laughs> of our great. day. Yeah, those, like, those are great. Yeah, so people those can see what idiots yeah. we look like. But And and they, they were going over like how the year was going to go down, right? They were like, okay, this is how it's broken up. You guys will be in groups of seven or whatever. And- you had introduced yourself to me, and you had this very slow, southern draw. Yes. That's true. <laughs> yes. And I was like, and I'm from New York, and I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> like, he's taking forever to get through the introduction. Yeah. And I was like, the turtle. <laughs> Although I was born in, in New York. Yeah. I did spend a lot of time. You were born in New York City. That's right. Actually. That's right. Upper West Side. Yeah, that did yeah. not stick with no, you at all. <laughs> that does... uh, it's in my soul. <laughs> yes, it is. But my voice says something different. Yeah, your cadence is very slow and measured. <laughs> yes. The funny thing is that um, your mom calls you Turtle. She does. Like your so. family calls you Turtle. Like that was a name that just, I think, it embodied just who you are. I agree. <laughs> you totally embraced it, too. Yeah. I'm, I am soft on the inside. <laughs> Hard on the outside, soft and gooey on the inside. And slow. And slow. All right, so we met the first day of culinary school in 1996. That's over a quarter century ago. Yeah. Crazy. Why were you there? I was there because I love food. I loved the excitement of restaurants. And honestly, I couldn't find a thing that I wanted to do in other realms of possibilities. And like many a kid in high school, started working at uh, a food service establishment <laughs> to find people at this country's best yogurt employed me. Uh, and that, that began the journey. That was when I was 16. There was something that bit me even then. Was it TCBY? That's right. You know who else worked there? Who? That guy right there. Ian McKay? Yep. Swear to God. I saw him at a TCBY working in Georgetown. That's crazy. When I was in high school. That's great. So, well, we had we had uh, Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks come in. Oh, that's uh, all, yeah. He, he, I don't know why he was in for some family thing. Yeah. And uh, we immediately recognized him and we're like, hey. He was like, shh. I met him at Tang Records in Boston. Oh, really? I was in Boston going into Tang Records to pick up some Mighty Mighty Boston's records. Yes. And he was 
behind the counter working at no Tang way. Records as like the the music store geek. And I walked in and he has had like dreadlocks down to the floor. And I was like, the guy I was with, I was like, that's fucking Keith Morris. Isn't right. it? <laughs> and Keith was like, yeah, <laughs> was like, I'm that guy. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I was like, I love your shit. You work in a record store, right? <laughs> I mean, it was one of those moves. That's great. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of a start. I ended up in New England Culinary Institute. After a couple years of college, I was working in restaurants and found myself having more fun in the restaurant that I was working in. I liked the theater of it. I liked the pace. It was something I could really throw myself into and kind of get lost in service. Mm -hmm. I really worked with my personality, the excitement, the tangible reward of a successful service. Mm -hmm. It was like immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. And um, I could use my hands. And I love I love that aspect of it. Did you have like your mom's a pretty good cook? Shay does. She Shay, is. Shay rocks the the family style. She is. I, she is. She is direct lineage <laughs> of uh, Paul Prudhomme and uh, Julia Childs. Okay. I would say equally. Yeah. When we lived in Louisiana, she got into cooking lessons to help supplement our income. And uh, fully embraced Louisiana's finest, finest cooking. And, and we had great neighbors. Um, you know, my dad was a Episcopal priest. So all the people from the church um, would always have dinners together. And my mom cooked every, every night. She cooked for parties. It was required to be at the dinner table every every night and we had uh you know all the standards um that the kids grow up with but what were the standards you know standards like i don't know i was from new york and my parents my parents cooked mac and cheese out of a box man i don't know what yeah what was I mean, standard it, for it you it was like standard like a, a london broil uh with yeah. a little side salad and a baked potato mm -hmm. or uh you know um teriyaki uh chicken breasts uh turkey tetrazzini um but then she would also do some of these great uh, louisiana um centric dishes gumbo um, crawfish etouffee things that were a little foreign but delicious and we we really um got into those things and and as we got older those flavors became more important um, but she was always trying new things with us too. I remember the first time we ever had like mescaline mix or something, um, you know, and that was grown out of somebody's garden. Um, that wasn't something that was in, in, the, in store. the store. Yeah. yeah. In, in the, I don't think in it existed the early in 80s. The, yeah. That wasn't in the no, store. No, it then. wasn't. But, um, you know, all these things that were kind of either being farmed or traded amongst neighbors, hunters as well. You know, we got our first experience with like, game with mm -hmm. dumb with venison different sausages that that people would bring by so that was that was like the first real exposure to that that kind of uh 
regional cuisine. Do you think that that time of your life, because you were young in when you guys lived in Louisiana, right? Yeah, Louisiana was you were eight through the eighties, pretty much. Um, so you were what, like five to six, probably like six, yeah, six to yeah, five to. 10, 5, 5 to 11. Gotcha. Do you feel like that time frame kind of stuck somewhere in the crevices of your your culinary brain? I, I feel like it did, but I don't, I, I, I want to hear it from you because we've talked a lot. I mean, even on the line, just like, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, just like us working together and stuff. But like you and I would just bullshit constantly just chatting and talking. I feel like New Orleans comes up a bit. And so I'm wondering if you have like, food memories and those kind of things that resonated with you that kind of pushed you towards wanting to play with your food. Yeah, I think so. I think it was. And your mom def- was like a hospitalitarian. Yeah. Too. Like she was always about taking care of people. That's really what it, that's really where the, the love of food I think came from. I, I think our first exposure to like really good food was in Louisiana mm-hmm. in this uh, culture of, of eating with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And it not just being something that you did every night just to fill your belly. It was right. a celebrated time. It's not a survival um, thing. It's it, like a, no. it's a it's a communal thing where everybody it was, gets together. It very, and very strong community uh, in Louisiana. And and then from entertaining with the church. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom and dad are just so naturally it's... gregarious, welcoming uh, folks. So that was a big part of it was seeing them extend their love, their, their care to their friends by entertaining them. Mm-hmm. I think that was what really set the, set the tone. Um, even in, even into high school years, knowing that food could be shared and people would appreciate it and be thankful. And I, I love that aspect of it. And, and even started in in college when I left home, cooking random things for, you know, girlfriends, friends, parties, things that I learned from my mom, who was adamant about making sure I knew how to cook, which I'll do for my son. I think everybody should know how to do that. They should know how to feed themselves, make a few dishes at least before they leave home. And, you know, it's a great thing for kids to do, to be a part of that whole process, to understand what it's like to to shop and feed and the work that it takes and the care. Um, mm-hmm. That gets lost in translation these days, but I, I still feel that's an important part of life and living. But that was great in in college to be able to, you know, whip up something and have people praise you for it right it was that praise that um, right because your friends in college all, all they can do is boil a, a yeah, oodle of like, noodle hey, or yeah i can do the oodles yeah. and noodles and and that's that's about it but right. uh you cook up like a, a chicken stew or something or a braise or soup or something absolutely from scratch and exactly. like, what the hell or even like what even, are you a wizard even like uh yeah even the stuff going like you know a stouffer's lasagna with uh, a salad yeah is like light years beyond what, <laughs> what? Uh, most most uh, kids were eating. Uh, you right. know, a lot of fast food and stuff and so like you, that. So you you went to college before Necky. 
Yeah, for a little bit. Where did you go? Where did you go to college initially? Uh, Lee's McRae, also known as uh, Lita Mastray. <laughs> it's a uh, small liberal arts college in the mountains of North Carolina. And uh, I was not mature enough to uh, make a place there. And did, that didn't last long. How, how long How long were you there? Probably a year. Yeah. And then did um, some community college after that while working at the restaurants, just trying to figure out like, what is, what is, what is it that I want to do? And all the time working at at restaurants. Right. Cause you had to like, you know, put gas in your car and like, yeah. And and I mean, some of those were, you know, we'll, we'll call them a humble (laughs) beginning things like Taco Bell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yokiro, Backyard Burger, Mm -hmm. I've burger. never eaten at one of those. Oh, they were pretty good. Um, they're still, and they, they, they yeah, they had a couple around. Yeah, they had the one in Boone was was great. They had a great staff. They really took care of us. Um, <laughs> it's actually like run by a family, so that that was nice. Um, and then Casa Rustica was the restaurant that I that was not fast food, not but fast food. It was like a more of a a real kitchen, the way that we would think of a right. operating kitchen with you know cooks and you know, a fry station and a, yeah. Um, a ta- classic, uh, American Italian establishment, mm-hmm. but uh, everything from scratch. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the place that sparked the interest in, in restaurants that the, the chef's name was Marty chef tell. And, what um, a sweet name for a chef! It was right? like, <laughs> yeah, it was born to do this, <laughs> and uh, he was uh, he was really great. He was patient. The line cooks were actually really helpful and and took their time to show me how to do something correctly, mm-hmm. and worked my way up through stations as quickly as I could, and did as much as I could wherever wherever they needed me. They actually offered <laughs> to send me. To culinary school, if I would return, ah. but um, I didn't want to be holding to uh, having any, to return. anyone. Yeah, we found out about New England Culinary Institute. We had a a father and son who were dentists, and in the church that what my dad was at, and they left their practice to go to New England Culinary Institute. And, oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and I was just, you know, after the folks at Casa Russica said, you know, get in you here, do you can do this. I had never even thought about that. And then an my option. dad was like, Hey, these guys had been to New England Culinary Institute. Why don't you talk to them? And I did and just sounded like a great model to really immerse yourself in cooking mm-hmm. and uh it's something you could really pursue. And this is I guess this is before all the uh, food network stuff. Yes. This, this was yeah, still was, just like, yeah, uh, very, I don't think, I don't think the food network existed yet. No, this, uh, yeah. you know, I don't just know a when that vocational started. school. Mm-hmm. It was like great career opportunity. <laughs> like people are always eating guaranteed job. You know, this yeah. is, this is great. I'd love to cook. This, this sounds like the perfect kind of place. And, uh, went up, went up and visited and, uh, it was cold. It really appealed to me so that's 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 how i ended up at at in new england culinary 1993 so it was so it was new 
It was new. Food Network started in 1993. Oh, wow. So it I was. Think I, did you ever see? I don't think no. I remember seeing. The, so my first dose of, of like professional cooking was watching Great Chefs of America I remember I remember on oh, PBS. Yes. Yes. That was my, and that's what got me going. I was like, hmm, okay. I, I like this. What is this about? Right? Because I didn't know what good food was. My folks still don't like, they don't cook. They didn't cook when we were young. I didn't know what good food was, but I was fascinated. I I don't know how, like after school or something, I think I stumbled across this like PBS thing. And I was like, interesting. And I was into it. Is that what sparked it for you? I think so. Well, I think, well, I think what sparked, that's what got me interested, at least put it on the radar where I was like, oh, that's something that people do. Gotcha. Yeah. This is like, this is like a, a job that you can get. But I, my first my first gig was at that bar and grill where I was a dishwasher. And that's what got me. It okay. was the kitchen life. It was like that the cooks were like eating mushrooms and like they're like, woo, we're fucking rock and roll. You know, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I want to be a pirate like that. Yeah. You know, what I mean? it was like, like pirate punks. Yeah. They was were, like, that was that was the appeal. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was like, I'm going to do this for my life. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be a, a, dr- a like a druggy party animal. You know, you know, rock it out all night with the team and then get fucked up underage. Right. You know, I was like, this is amazing. Yes. But, you know, and that was great. That was a great introduction. Right. And then it morphed into a lot more than that. A lot more. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the culinary school experience for you. I thought Necky was great. I thought it was great, too. I hear some people tell stories about their, their culinary school experiences and like, you know, tons of students in classes. It's like regimented stuff. And, and I didn't, I mean, we had a lot of strict rules. Very, very, very strict in a lot of ways. Almost, uh, military, military, militaristic. What is the word? Sure. That, yeah. That's whatever it. that, that works. Brigade. Yeah. It was totally a brigade. Yeah. Uh, iron clothes. <clears throat> yeah. Shine shoes. Shaved. Shaved. If you didn't shave, they were like, you had to go into the bathroom with with a dry yes disposable razor and rake the hair off Un- your face. undershirts yeah white undershirts I, I won't say the man's name who who actually pinched my nipple went into my jacket <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have an undershirt on oh, that's so awful yeah it was you would get sued that's for that right. dude you would never have to work that's again why I will these not days. say this man's name oh my god I love it yeah. Yeah, so so it was super strict, right? Like, you had to be on time. You had to be pressed, polished, shoes polished, shaved, the whole kit, or else you were gone. That's right. And there had a 100% attendance policy, which means you could never not be excused or else you failed. Yep. So any any absence had to be excused by the the head of the culinary department, right, for, like, whatever reason. I have a story about that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think you know. Were you there? I don't know. No. Tell me about this. I don't. This was Jane's addiction. Second year. Okay. After we had been in San Francisco, and somebody that we knew, okay, was dancing for Jane's addiction. Okay. We'll have to get to this story. (laughs) All right. So, anyways, I I made up a story. To I can't say. <laughs> I hope none of them are listening. I know. So like they're gonna like call me up and be like, "Oh, really?" Oh. But but anyways, I made up a story that somebody in my family had passed, so that me and my 
girlfriend at the time could go to Boston. Was that Chef Dean that you had to spin yes. that story to? Okay. Yes. And so I spun the story. The dean, right? right. It was the Another dean. It was, it dean. was the dean. <laughs> All right. The dean, Chef Dean. And um, so, so I had to go. I had to go back to Boston. I had to go back to Boston for this funeral. But it was actually because we had backstage passes to Jane's Addiction that was given to us to one of the strippers that was dancing from yes. for them, who was our neighbor in San Francisco. Yes. Okay, people. So <laughs> fast forward. Turtle and I were roommates during our internships in San Francisco. That's right for culinary school. At which point we 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 rented an apartment next door to a stripper and her tattoo artist boyfriend. Yes, who would like tattoo me in the in the apartment and all kinds of just we would just hang out and get stoned and like whatever. It was wild it and was amazing. Wild. It was a wild time. Well, she ended up getting picked up on the Jane's Addiction tour as a dancer. Nice. <laughs> did you not go to that? I did not go to that. I did not go to that. I, I only got to see those guys once. And did I ask you to go to that? I don't know. Because why the hell did I go and you didn't? That's a good question. I don't remember. But because you were closer to Dusty than I was. Yeah. Well, she taught me how to dance on the on the stairwell out <laughs> out in front of the building there was conveniently two large poles, poles that you could swing around yeah yeah did you practice out there i did <laughs> that doesn't surprise I'm, me i'm pretty good i remember i remember one one night i think it was after it was after work i think we were sitting on the stoop out there smoking and drinking like growlers of beer or something yeah those mudslides those crappy ass yeah mudslide that's exactly right right and I think we were like both bitching about like work or whatever. And um, and I was fucking around with my LeBray. Remember I had that piercing yes. in my face and the ball fell off and fucking rolled down the hill. It's San Francisco. Everybody's just here. It's just like ping, ping, ping. Like just never gone yeah. down to the tenderloin. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm not going after it one way or another. No amount of disinfectant could wash that thing anyway. I think that was it. I think I was, I think I took it out. Then I was like, all right, well, I'm done with this. I'm done. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Times. Um, okay. So, so culinary school. Yeah. It was super strict. A lot of rules. Uh, but the classes were like, Small. We had seven students yes. in a class. They called them blocks, I think, right? Blocks, yeah. And then we, we moved through the different departments of the school together. Yeah. Right? Which was great. I mean, what a great was a way team. To, to learn um, how each, you know, restaurant, uh, cafe, fast service, Hotel, hotel, bake yeah. shop, yeah, banquets. You went through all the roles too. Yeah, um, you know, you might be washing dishes mm -hmm. one day. Um, I mean, I wash dishes on the weekend sometimes for extra money. That, I was like, was, I was actually that's how I got my start, and I'm not above it. I remember there were students in there like I, I'm not working in the pit. I was like, dude, they pay you to go in there. I was like, I'll go in there. Go wherever the money. <laughs> yeah. Go wherever the money is. Yeah. I mean, the dish dishwashing. I mean, that's that's what I did at Casa Rustica, and it led um, you to where you are today. And and not only that, to see the owner of that restaurant come help me out mm -hmm. with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> I remember. Yes, I, and I that 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 showed a solidarity mm -hmm. um, that always 
respected and, and, and looked for in restaurants, I uh-huh. think. And, and there is a com- camaraderie that you're really in it together uh-huh. as a team. Uh-huh. Uh, Necky showed that that was a, a great way to, to, to do it, how to do it, uh-huh. and have ownership over it, be, re- be responsible. And um, I, I can't say enough good things about this school. I, I, I hate that it closed. Yeah. That sucks. I, I think that sucks. It had such a great model. Yeah, I feel like it uh, to me. And I, I, I didn't go to CIA, but I, I, I went to to culinary school in Baltimore previous to Necky right, for like a, a for year? for two semesters. Okay, so I was there for I think it was like eight or nine months. I was there. Why did why did I fucking you? hated it? Okay, I, I well I hated Baltimore first of all. Like I lived in a shitty ass fucking apartment yeah. and. So I fucking hated it. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't even belong here. Um, and the school was like, I, I didn't feel the, I didn't feel the professionalism there. I didn't feel, I felt like it was, they were just grinding people out. Like, yeah. come here, take the class, get the fuck out of here, take your money and go. Right. <clears throat> I didn't feel an investment from the instructors that they were there to teach you anything. Okay. They had, a, they had a syllabus that they had to, you know, whatever. That, that's how I felt. And so I kind of dropped out. I was like, I'm out of here. I ended up working in Baltimore for a few um, until I went back to Boston. But Thank I still you. was into the cooking thing. I was like, I want this to work, but like, whatever. And then um, and then got introduced to Necky. How'd that happen? So my younger brother, Corey, mm-hmm. um, his girlfriend at the time had attended school there. Okay. And her mother was like, uh, her her mother was somehow related to like the uh, food literacy world, like magazine, like okay. food and wine or something, some sort of editor or something, contributor, I don't know, something like that. So she was at the culinary school and, and Corey had told me, hey, have you heard of this? And I was like, no. He said, well, why don't you go up there, you know, stay with Vanessa and like whatever. She could show you around or whatever. So I went up and checked it out. I was like, this seems pretty cool. Vanessa, was that she? Did she have dreads? Yes. Is that the one? Okay. That was, yes. Okay. So she was my connection to like how I learned that that was a thing and that we could go there. Okay. So I went back and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, I liked what I saw. I liked the town. I was like, I'll give it a shot, see if I can get in. So, yeah. So I went. It was like a, a great, great experience there. And, and uh, I wish, I wish more. Uh, vocational schools would adopt that mm-hmm. program. I think that could really help out. Uh, yeah, with real world, right? And I think that's the great experience. thing about it is that, <clears throat> the, like, first of all, it was so, it was so, you had to be committed to get through the program. That's right. You, you didn't have to. You, you didn't have to be like a, a rock star or like whatever. You mm-hmm. just had to be committed. You have to show up. You had yeah. to do what was asked of you. Like it, it really enforced that part of the work ethic. Yeah. Right. That you you can't just like, you know, show up part way and, you know, and, and get through, you know, the, the, the attendance part was the hardest part. Yeah. Like I, re- the actual... I, I remember trying to wake you up many, many a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being on time was not. Dude, thanks for driving me. All yeah. Those years, by the way, you, you know, what? I don't think I've ever thanked you for that, man. You know what? Like oh, if it weren't God. for you, I probably wouldn't be here today. Honestly, you're welcome. Yeah, dude. Like, see, so you had a car. I did. That, I don't think I had a car that first. The hoopty, first, yeah, the blown out suspension. Yeah, that thing was a beast in the snow it and did, the ice. It, did, it, it was did. just like yeah. sliding everywhere. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, thank you for that. You're cool. Yeah. yeah. So we used to. So Turtle and I were in the same block. We would 
ride to school together. I mean, we spent a lot of time together. A lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there was a, a common thread. We both we both like uh, punk rock. Mm-hmm. We uh, we like drinking. We we're good at it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and cooking, we we got along. That was uh, you get you get pretty tight with those guys. You know, you're with mm-hmm. seven six other folks, and yeah, you're, you're with them. What the whole 10, 10 12 hours. Right. And that's, that was another interesting part about it is that it's like our school, our school day was like, we would show up and usually do like an hour or something of like lecture and talk about whatever the thing of the day was. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was like into the kitchen or into the, you know, the banquet thing or into whatever to, to whatever class we were doing. And you spent all day there prepping, cooking, whatever you were doing, like a legit restaurant or hotel to really set you up for being in the real world. Yeah. And also like what it's going to be like to have a team. Yeah. You know, and having to like carry people. I mean, there were cer- certain people that we would have to like help, help, help along the way. Yeah. Right. Cause like, it's not like if they went down during service, like service was going down for everybody. Yeah. These were paying that. <laughs> yeah. The paying, these yes. were paying customers. Yeah. It wasn't People like they came to these establishments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, Oh, we're, we're going to, yeah, you know, it. we're going to cook for the, uh, <laughs> the school cafeteria. These are right. people coming, uh, from all over the community to mm-hmm. support the, the program. The yeah. Boutique hotel, the, you know, even yeah. the, the bakery, all the, all the extensions they had. So then you and I went to San Francisco. Yeah. So so part of our program is we had to do two internships. Yes. We did our first year internship in San Francisco. Yeah. And you worked at where? Fairlawn. Is no. Fairlawn still there? I think they closed um, maybe right before COVID happened. Uh, I think they had a 20-year 20, 20 run, but that was all Emily Luchetti, um, those um, – Brad Parker, a lot of a lot of the stars um, and provisions, mm-hmm. people that came out of that whole, you know, California um, cuisine. But Alice Waters kind of started, just kind of mm-hmm. derivative of that. But there, Fairlawn was a great um, seafood restaurant, and it, you were part of the opening team for that. Yeah, because I remember when we got to San Francisco, it was not open. No, no, no. As as you know, with uh, <laughs> restaurant construction, uh, when when they say three months, yeah. when they say it's is actually six months, when they say a year, it's two years. Uh, you, you can't really ever tell. And um, yeah, we were doing anything we could to put that restaurant together. Beautiful though. It was like uh, Pat Cleto designed it Mm -hmm. it was like 2000 leagues under the sea yeah meets fine dining there was like all i remember there was like all kinds of um like glass uh like mosaic it was it like mosaic or was it like yeah they they it it was like colored glass colored glass they had the i mean the hoods uh were bronze fish scales um sea urchin um, lighting fixtures, huge chandeliers. Um, that was like the hot freshos. shit restaurant for yeah. that year. Cause I remember like, that's all people were talking about in, um, in San Fran. Cause it, it was, was like, a, it was like the big opening for, it, for yeah, that it was, year. It was a great restaurant. Great pr- product was just amazing. That, that was, I think my first exposure to like, superior product yeah like super fine locally sourced people like 
uh, you know, in California at the, at that point, they were, they were foraging, they yeah. were really established connections. I don't, I don't think they were there on the East coast quite like, like that yet. I, no. I, that, the farm to table thing definitely had not <laughs> no. uh, taken off, but it was firmly rooted yeah. uh, in, in California mm-hmm. and that what a great exposure to that, that kind of, I mean, Shea Panisse was already like the, the hot spot at that point. Oh yeah. Like, like, she, yeah. like Alice Waters so was already like from the yeah, mid seventies. She was yeah. solidified as like the, the, the queen of like fresh food. And, and that was only, you know, what, 30 miles away or something yeah or 45 in, miles in berkeley yeah. and yeah and all the people that had come so, through her kitchen yeah um, were working you know, in the cities the, exactly were down she, there. she 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 gave those people the seeds to um to plant all over mm-hmm. town and uh yeah metaphorically and literally um that was so that, that was really cool happening happening in place yeah so we return we return back to necky Finish up the second year. Where did you do your second internship? I don't remember. The Woodlands. That, oh, that's right. You went to the Which Woodlands. Which was a, yeah, over in your neck of the woods now, mm-hmm. over in Somerville. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a 15, 20 minute ride outside of Charleston. And it was an interesting experience. <laughs> One I would not care to repeat um the chef at the time i won't mention his name he's a uh italian guy who trained in hong kong great great skills as a culinarian and and that's about where that stopped and uh interesting interesting place it was a boutique hotels or five-star land chateau property Mm -hmm. which not a lot of those Mm -hmm. in the u.s and um it was like a since it's gone, it was like some kind of tax write-off or something. I mean, we I think the food costs, you know, <laughs> were 150 percent or something. It was insane. Yeah. Like they were using 150 dollar bottles of Barolo for like just their deglaze, yeah, deglaze a pan. Yeah, I mean, no no expenses. Spheres like Versace meets Safari, just really eccentric eclectic property uh, it was yeah. beautiful yeah but um i, I spent, you did not have a great experience did not have a great experience did you learn a lot of i, I learned good a cooking lot. stuff mm, i think i learned a lot more about interpersonal skills um, what not to do what not to do <laughs> what to do um but i, I did learn um some great techniques um great exposure to food and so you didn't stick around there after i did not uh, so the cool thing about how our, our our the school went is that usually you would go back to the campus for like this the second year and then your your second internship would uh line up with your leaving like the end of your program so you could stay on right. um which is what i ended up doing in new york and i'm staying on it at at le cirque after my internship and then went back to school for graduation, whatever it was. Right. Did you, did you not stay at the woodlands after no. you were like, I'm fucking no, out of here. I, I left there. I thought about staying in the area. Uh, but at the time it was, you know, all the, some of the places are still in Charleston. They're there, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
know, like snobs Snob. and all that stuff that was, yeah. that's been there for years. And um, it was it was happening, but it wasn't quite happening yet. Mm-hmm. It, was it was like the old, old renowned. Yeah, yeah. So the old staples were there. Yeah. Um. So and you know, I was I was like a little bit lonely down there. So I, I did want to come back to North Carolina, kind of to be kind of near my sisters mm-hmm. at that point. And uh, they were like, we've got an apartment. One sister was in college. The other one was just working. And uh, so I moved in with Libby and Sarah and started looking for for jobs at that point. And I think the first thing I found was Dean and DeLuca. Mm. Um, yeah, out at South Park. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which was you know, great for all kinds of different departments. You know, you could learn about 500 different kinds of cheeses. Yeah. I loved working uh, in the butcher department. I mean, just the sheer amount of like great fish, which I knew a lot of (laughs) from from Farallon. And um, so that knowledge really came in handy. And Chef Charles Samal, who's still around, Mm -hmm. um, he was he was a chef at the time. Is he he's he's running like a catering. He gig runs a now, catering right? gig now, yeah. but he really took he he took good care of me and took took me under his wing and let me try out a, a bunch of different departments and always always kept it interesting for yeah. me. He was a real, really good guy. And when Dean and DeLuca kind of started uh, going downhill, <laughs> he was the first to alert me to look for look for, look a for new... new employment yeah and um that was uh the meeting house was the next uh, that's uh, right place for that and that was a hip new little restaurant over kind of myers park mm-hmm. area i think you were working there were you working there when i moved here were you there in 2002 yeah 2002. i think you were yeah yeah i was kind of kind of maybe at the end of that um yeah that ride there or not i stayed i stayed for a while so the, the meeting house was like it was like a, a neighborhood joint um it was kind of like a, a chef chef owned and operated new new american new american like yeah used, used some farms local farms and stuff yeah they were really starting to get into that and yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't fine dining by any means but it was a lot of those same Approaches to food, approaches to food yeah. and and service, um, mm-hmm. care and attention um, on both both sides. But of the not house. stuffy. Like it was casual, yeah. it was friendly. It was like yeah, it was it was almost it was almost like uh, you know, let's let's go have dinner here. You you'd have your um, you know older clientele that would come in early and you know get a great bottle of wine, some good food, and then it turned into like. Party yeah. time, party time. Uh, the <laughs> bar down there, that yeah, so definitely stories here. But um, that was a that was a cool, cool little house. Uh, I think a lot of people have stories, probably about that bar. A lot do because yeah. I've heard I've heard stories not from you, from other chefs and people around. Uh, who, other like, chefs, like, uh, there were restaurant owners, yeah. young, younger folks back in in the day, yeah. who went on to be restaurant owners, yeah, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> who got got a taste of their their vibe, the party vibe, the party vibe, at, yes, at that, the, at that bar. yeah, the whole meet me in the bathroom uh, <laughs> vibe was strong there, F- yeah. filthy. Uh, <laughs> socialites and uh mixed with uh you know restaurant folks after hours and it was uh 
It's a uh, special, special place. It's fun. So at that point, where, where, where were you at in your kind of culinary journey? You were, were you a sous chef for him? I, yeah. Ended up being sous chef. Was and, that your first sous chef gig? Yeah. Then? First sous chef gig. They split off. Um, it was two owners and they, um, kind of parted ways. Uh, well, they opened up a, a second restaurant. Onio was the. Yeah, uh, Christopher Zion had yes. opened that one, and um, I think they're still both both together at that point. They they did split ways eventually. Um, Shane Lewis opened that's up right Southern Comforts. I think yep. was uh, the first restaurant um, that he did after the split, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, everything I think dissolved shortly after that. But were you? So where were you at in your journey at that point? Like, cause then from there, where did you, did you end up at blue next? No, I didn't. I actually ended up at the Charlotte convention center. Oh, that's right. I, I totally blocked that out. I, I have you blocked that out? I did block it out, (laughs) but I was so fucking ready to get out of this tiny kitchen that had no ventilation. (laughs) I literally would be standing in a pool of my own sweat in my car, in my, in my, uh, you know, Birkenstocks. Yeah. Uh, because you would be sweating so much. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I probably lost 15 pounds working, working in that kitchen. You know, there was no, you didn't even have a screen on the door. It's just yeah. like bugs would come in <laughs> and the hood systems, but there was, uh, so I, I said, I want to do something like totally, different. totally different. <laughs> Uh, How much more different like to feed 5,000 people at one time? What's it like to cook on a conveyor belt, a conveyor, a conveyor belt. I mean, it it was, uh, and that was a, that was a pretty cool experience. Um, actually to, to see that aspect of, um, the business. Um, and I think that helped round out understanding production and, and systems because when you're, you're feeding that many people at yeah. the time. It's just, I mean, it, you have to have. A I, I used to travel on longboard uh, <laughs> down to the walk-in coolers yeah, yeah. at the end of the <laughs> end of the night. I'm going you know, to get the cream. Yeah, I've got to check on eleven <laughs> different coolers, and you know, it's the size of like you know half a block or whatever. You're yeah, just it's like, like a, oh my god, a giant stadium. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I could never do that, man. I would lose my fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, making like. 500 pounds of scrambled eggs at once or whatever. It's just, it's fucking nuts. It's, it's, it's gross. Crazy. It is gross. It's, gross. it's gross as shit. Yeah, it's just uh, gross. I'll never do that again. No. So how, how long were you at the convention center? Was that like a year or two? Probably like a year. Yeah. And then I was, I was done with that. And I got, I caught wind actually. So luckily it had, uh, another, um, Bill Cahill. Um, uh, he told me, um, to go see Gene, and I, I think he and Gene um, Briggs had, you know, crossed paths or whatever on friendly terms, and in the whole chef scene. Um, and he said, you know, that they're, I, I hear they're opening up a restaurant, and you know, you're you're doing great here, but I, I can tell you're not, <laughs> you're not loving this. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's like I'll. I'll appreciate it and um yeah that's when i finally went and 
talked to Gene over at Blue and and was that was that a sure thing? Like when you interviewed with Gene, were you like, were you in? I I was in from my perspective. I yeah, I liked what Gene had to say. I liked his vibe. Um, the restaurant at that time was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like we hadn't beaten it to shit yet. It had not been beaten. <laughs> I, I it was still. Oh my god, I had no idea. Of- <laughs> What was of the path, that, yeah, that we would walk, but um, <laughs> it was, you know, it seemed like a sure thing. Like I, I feel like I made a good impression on Gene, and he liked my resume and uh, the variety of things that I had done. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt like I could bring some good, solid experience. Um, he may disagree, but I think it was good. No, I think I think I I'm trying to recall back because I interviewed him for the pod, and he, I believe that he was, I can't remember what he said, but you can go back and listen. But I think he was like, yeah, I, he he was sold, he was sold on you and Ben straight away. Yeah, I think the other guy, who we're not going to name names, right. this starts with a D, right? <laughs> he was not. He ended up hiring and was kind of regretting. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that I, was like I, a I big. Think he might have, yeah, done, yeah. Like, <laughs> that I don't one. know if he just wanted to, you know, blanket in anticipation <laughs> of like the busy nights that would that would come to us, right? Because that place was rocking, yeah. Um, and that's when you came and got me, yeah. Because you guys opened. I think where was I? Can't I? remember how long we were open. You yeah. were in New York. No, no, I was no, I was here. I was down here. I was working at um. No, where? Oh, yeah, Dish. I, yeah, it might have been a dish at that point. Okay. Because when I moved down here, um, you were, at, I guess you were at the convention center. Um, I ended up coming to live with you. Yes. Remember, I slept on your couch. Yes. I actually took over your house when you moved out. Yes. I actually just became a fixture of that house. Nice. Until you left. Yes. <laughs> I was like, are you guys going to move out so I can stay yeah. here? <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Was that, that was on Pecan? The pecan. Yeah. The Pecan yeah, yeah, house. Yeah. So I ended yeah. up staying there. So and the point being is that uh, I had worked at Ethan's. Yes. Over there. Yeah, and with Mark. Yep. With, right. with Mark Martin. And then I went um, to help out the team at dish because they were opening and their chef like flaked on them or something yeah and so like hey we need a chef and i was like all right i'll step in so i did that like for a while but that was not me at all like that was just a that was an opportunity for me to like do something um yeah but i i I mean whatever you touch turned to gold (laughs) thanks it it was uh, well i put i remember i remember eating there those times whenever whenever you went when you were at ethan's yep great meals yeah thanks when you were at dish Great meals. Great you always meals. you always elevated, yeah. Wherever you went. Well, I, this is only I, this is only I know how to do, because that's all I worked. It's, right. I'm like, this is how it's supposed. To, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. You guys are half assing this. That's right. not. That's not right. You got a full ass. You got to fucking pull your full ass in and make that. And that's where the flower comes from. <laughs> yeah. So so I was at Dish when uh, when you came a knocking. Yeah. Do you remember that? I I kind of remember it. I was like, and I can't remember what prompted me to come to you but you guys were I, getting your fucking asses that's kicked. My, that's i was like it must have been out of necessity yeah. I, I believe i believe i believe that the, the meeting actually happened at dish at the bar at dish and i think i was drinking heavily and you're like this is my opportunity <laughs> that's probably correct yeah and i think it went something like it was like you know 
dude, we're getting our fucking asses kicked. <laughs> and and our line is a fucking shambles. That that and was I need, that was the sent- yeah. Yeah. And I you're mean, like, was- I need I need you. You you say you you let it off like something because like, it was like because it was like me taking another step back, right? It was like a whole nother like, all right, I'm gonna go back and be a line cook basically. Cause there was no sous chef gigs. Right. At the time, right, there the was sushi- not an opening for that. Right. So you're like, look, it's not that. I do remember saying that to Gene. Yeah. That I had a very experienced person in mind. Yeah. Um, but did not think he would want to based on where he's at. Where, his thing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you said something like, you're like, look, this is a long shot. I want to whatever. And I think I told you, I was like, or maybe this is me remembering wrong, but like, I was kind of like, whatever, like, as long as the pay's good, I'll fucking do it. I, that was the that yeah. was the bottom line. Yeah, I was I like, how much? I was like, how much are you gonna pay me? Paid. Yeah, you gonna pay me? Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, you pay me to bang, and I'll right. fucking go in there and I'll do it. That's right. Um, because and the funny thing is that, and so thank you for that opportunity. Yep. Because right. at the time, and I look back at all this stuff, when I moved to Charlotte, it was a huge culture shock for me. Coming from like I was a sous chef in a three star restaurant in New York. Like I had fucking chops, right? Right. And I came here and I couldn't get a fucking job in like a like chef driven restaurant. I think because people were intimidated by my resume. Yeah. They were like, oh, this guy's better than me or whatever. Like whatever. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to hire somebody that's better than right. them because they know they'll be replaced. Replaced. Right. right. And so, so for me, that was like a huge, like I was like super depressed. I was like, what the fuck have I done? Like I made this huge mistake. I'm in the South. I don't belong here. You know, my world in, in New York was over because of 9-11. Like, I had to get away from all that. Yeah. I was like, I just have to be with because that's depressing. Yeah. And so, and I, I think by the time you had come to me with that proposition, I had decided already, like I went to work with Mark, I was like, I'm just going to start over. I was like, I'm going to put my fucking head down and I'm going to show these assholes how to cook. I was like, I'm not going to come in here and like, I'm the chef that's going to like, uh. I was like, I'm just going to fucking bang. And people are just going to be like, oh shit. Okay, that's how it's done. And so when you gave me that opportunity, I was like, you know what? Okay, no responsibility. I think, <laughs> I think I was getting paid fourteen dollars an hour, which at the time was very good. That's so pretty good. That's really it was well back then. It was really good. Yeah. That was when was that? Two thousand and four. Yeah. Ish. Something like that. There was like five some, some half decent it? like some half decent benefits and like I don't remember any benefits. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I got those. It, it, Did I? I don't know. It didn't matter. Health insurance. It didn't matter. Yeah, everybody could get health insurance at least back yeah, then. I don't know if I had for that. like fifty bones a month. Oh, I don't think I was gonna pay that at that point. I was I think I was trying I'd, to die I'd back then. Yeah, I was like, I'm just gonna drink myself to death. Like I'm not gonna make it anyway. <laughs> yeah, why would I waste my fifty yeah. bucks on that? Um, buy a lot of beer with that. <laughs> exactly. But but I think that's why I did that. I was like, yes. And not only that, it was the most like realistic kitchen to where i had come from in new york right that was happening at the time gotcha you know and working with you and ben and gene yeah people that like, knew the nomenclature and yeah. product and professionalism and the camaraderie yeah. like like our team was baller it was pretty dope gene is the luckiest chef <laughs> maybe in the world <laughs> you know what i mean we'll have to ask him about <laughs> i did he, he, well, oh, he is pretty lucky he's yeah. a fucking lucky guy but i mean his opening team was basically you ben miles who's now like you know he runs i think wolfgang's yeah stuff now that's right you know yeah um you know you picked up me 
Yeah. You know, I wasn't even a sous chef, but I was like doing all, I was training all the line guys and working on the line. So like he had a pretty sweet team. He did. Like I want that team. And hit and, and the crew. Yeah. Those. Uh... Oh yeah. So Alvaro works for me now. Currently. Oh really? Yes. No way. He's got no hair. Alvaro. He's he still have... gone. Huh? He's lost it all. It's like shaved. Oh, okay. But it's like, you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's a little balding. Yeah. But he looks great. Yeah. But he's a fucking banger, dude. He, he's like always still, been, dude, yeah. he just He comes in All and he those... just like hammers out 350 covers w- without losing a, sk- like yeah. a skip, you know? That's great. It's amazing. Ah, that's so awesome. Yeah, he came back. He started working for me about six months ago. Okay. Like here, here awesome. at CU. You got to go. Yeah. yeah, tell him I he's said hi. That's, am- that's amazing. I will. He was so in, uh, yeah, all the brothers, man. Yeah. God, they were so, all those Castro. <laughs> They're such good cooks, man. Yeah, such yeah, good they're good. Um, <laughs> so, so we worked at you. You were there. Was that your last? No. What was your so so? I want to get. I want to get to your your decision to leave. Okay. Yes. Culinary. So, so, so we so we had a long run there. I think we yeah, all worked there for like, like six, six or seven or years. Seven years. We were and, all there. Um, yeah, we opened that, table with them. Yeah. And, like and there was all this stuff. Like we were just all a part of was, like helping yeah, grow that. Helping grow Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. All the, the farm to table stuff finally, you know, landed here. And I did leave to go to Lotus. Oh, that's right. So I yes. did Lotus while I was in massage therapy school. So you had already decided. I had decided to leave. Chefing. Chefing to at the time pursue kind of like a family life. I Mm -hmm. was just getting so frustrated with the weekends, the Mm -hmm. nights. I felt like my life was literally like being burnt up. Mm -hmm. Um, I was burnt out and just over the grind, kind of like working so hard for so little. Yeah. The money was not, the money wasn't great. And, um, at the time, I thought that this could, you know, the massage therapy thing could be a good transition into my owning my own business and kind of keeping my own hours and you know, really starting to, like, have a more settled lifestyle. I talked to Vance, um, and you remember we had worked mm-hmm. with Vance yep. on Lotus's menu. Yep. Um we kind of we you and I had kind of the cons- kitchen layout. Yeah, we consulted um, with with his mother a little bit on like yeah, so how we, things should go in the kitchen and all. Yeah, like, we kind of set that yeah. restaurant up mm-hmm. basically in the beginning anyway. So yeah. it was like, oh yeah, I know I know this, I know these people. Um, so I did the you know the head chef gig there, and um, that was about a year, mm-hmm. a year, half while I was still in school, and you know that was. A good experience. At what point had you and I, because you and I were planning on opening a restaurant together. Do you remember that? The tasting room. Yeah. Yeah. We still got the, um, the do folders. You, do you have the, the folder with all the, the shit? drawings and everything? You'll have to get some. Yeah, some I'll get some pictures of that. Of that. That's crazy. But so that we, was, you know, that I, it was a good thing that we didn't yeah, because we, the economy totally tanked. Shit at that the time. Bed. But I think we would have had. A killer, great fucking restaurant. Yeah, the design of it was cool. Yeah, mid century, mid century modern, but yeah. relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, super approachable menu, mm-hmm. but, but upscale um, and upscale. like refined. 
like refined yeah. food that wasn't fussy or pretentious. Not pretentious. Yeah. That was, that was, um, yeah. Even the menus, the menus still look great. Are they down there? Yeah. Oh dude, I'm so going to fucking post that shit. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and we had got to the point on that. I mean, we had, we actually, did, we actually had somebody do some drawings of the space. Um, we were actually looking at the old Ethan spot yeah. where what's it, Kennedy's or whatever yeah, fucking Irish bar, bars yeah, there. Now bar. we were going like, we were making moves to try to secure that lease. Um, I mean, I think, I think we got to the point where we were like really starting to like ask for money. Yeah, we were, we, had, we were like we asking had, people had, for cash. We had gotten our, uh, formed our llc we yeah. were you know had our pn our, our projections. projections all dialed um, yeah it was it was everything looked pretty solid it was going to be tight but i think we would have made a great team between yeah. uh front of the house back of the house and and, and changing roles mm -hmm. uh, here and there i think we we would have it would have been fun we would have crushed it in yeah there. we would have ended up working so much so so do we would like <laughs> so it's a good thing that didn't happen. yeah I, I wish that it had though man i still kind of fantasize about it sometimes i so i, I like I mean, still I, like i think yeah i think i think i, I do too like <laughs> you know even though i'm out of that world like you know what the if, dream yeah the dream of like either a, a, a bed and breakfast but like mm -hmm. it's elevated mm -hmm. um or a little place in a, a sleepy town. We need to find a way to get like wealthy. Yeah. So that we can do these things as projects. List, list like where, I'm where it doesn't need to sustain your about life. What they want to do when they win the lottery. Yeah. I know what I want to do actually. Oh shit. Did and you get tickets? I did not. Fuck. But it is a culinary endeavor. Yeah. Is it? It is. What would it be? I, I'll put it out there. Put it. Let's, Pangea. you got to manifest it. Pangea. What is the name of it? Oh. It is a community center that offers uh comfort food from all over the world um and each month it would be a place where people could come to learn about a country dishes from it and people from that country would come and teach and each month we would have a charity that we would support through these menu items mm -hmm. um, indigenous items and just have it be really a cultural center and um cool yeah just expose people to different kinds of food why why do you want why is that a passion project for you what's what's so exciting about that because as close as the world uh has gotten with technology it's mm -hmm. fractured in so many ways and i think food's one of those ways that can really bring people together on a very personal level Amen. You know, brother it really, turtle it, it, preach. It really is. And I, I think it could be a place that, you know, really teaches people how to get along with each other. Totally. I, I think one, one of life. the things and I'm glad you said that because in a lot of interviews that I've done lately, um, people always ask me about like, what's your inspiration, right? Like what inspires you? And for me now in the past, probably 10 years, it's been, different cultures and the reason for that is because i have never traveled mm. like i traveled so limited um like we didn't travel like in my family and and I, I think i went like i was i've been to france and italy on the same trip once that's it like i've you know i've i've traveled like 
to Hawaii and stuff, but not like internationally. Right. And so there's so much that I don't know about the world. And you can learn so much about people by the way they eat and the things they eat. Yeah. And so, and that's what drives my creative, my creative process now. I remember distinctly when we were going, we decided to open a restaurant in Charleston, you know, I was like, all right, cool. I need to like immerse myself in this kind of low country thing and learn about it. Cause I'm from the North. Yeah. Like this isn't part of my history or culture or whatever. Right. Like I'm just opening a restaurant down here. So I want to learn more about that. And so that led me down the whole, like, like slave culture and like, what was that about? And that whole history. And then that led me to like West Africa where I started like diving into like West African cooking. And I was like, Holy shit. Like there's this whole world of ingredients and techniques and, um, approach that I would have never got to on my own right. without that culture. And so that like started the thing where I just got fascinated by like food as a, as a means to culture, kind of the way you're talking. Yeah, it's great. It's great. There's so much to learn through that, through that history mm -hmm. and, and how we're all connected and, and how we got here. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting how, and then that also leads to the thing about how, like how food products get from one place to the other, right? Like how field peas ended up in the United States. Like they're a huge crop in the South, but they wouldn't even be there if it weren't for the West Africans that were brought here. Right. Right. And they brought this stuff with them because it's what they ate. Um, and now it's like such a staple part of Southern cooking. Right. And like, and, and like the same, you know, you could, you could, I could go down a rabbit hole of like tracing where things have been and how it got there and why. And I think that that's a great way to learn about the world around you. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, and it's rich and it's, it's something that so many people can understand. A lot of things are kind of amorphous, but like mm -hmm. everybody's got to eat. We're, Everyone needs to have, like, it's a humanizing element, yeah. right? It's like, we're the only animal that prepares its food right like all other animals they just eat what they eat yeah you know i mean otters they open yeah otters are pretty cool they are pretty cool. I under, I, well but i, I, I mean there's, it's there, there's a lot of cool yeah. well i guess there's some sea seabirds that like you know they have to open shells and stuff by dropping them but i'm saying like actually apply heat to right. like oh yeah to change their food into something else not just yeah. to consume right. it right <laughs> not, yeah, absolutely. not just to get to it <laughs> but i do agree with you otters are super yeah. cool <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from that. Yeah, so so that's the humanizing part of it, right? And I think if more people learn about food, like you were saying, young people, which yep. is something that I also talked about doing a kid's cookbook, which I think you and I uh, should talk about doing. Yeah. Like for little people, about going through like basic stuff, right? Because I think that there's basic food fundamentals that kids can learn to get them engaged in it. Right. Um, where it will also connect them to this human part of our experience right which is like we do have to eat everybody does yeah um even your enemies the people that are against you have to eat yeah they're also human you may not have the same goals or whatever but but you're both human right and i think some of that might soften some of the shit like you're talking about the fractured yeah stuff and 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 that's that's some deep you know, shit. that's why i will teach uh Ziggy how to to cook and share that love and keep keep that going, you know. So Ziggy is your son. He's my son. How old is Ziggy? He's seven. 
seven-year-old son. How's his palate? It's. I remember it, when he was a babe, it was not very good. No, it it it. It was it, okay. It was okay, and then it. it but he would spit some stuff fully, out. Like I think there was a time when we cooked together where there was some you know, stuff on the grill. Lobster. There was. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, some yeah. sea bass. I, there was a there was a plethora. Prawns. Yeah. Yeah. We had all and kinds. He, of- he ate and he would eat. He'd eat everything, and it's narrowed. But he he actually has a very solid palate, and I get a. A thumbs up all the way down to a uh, a, a full thumbs down uh, multiple times if it's if it's not good and if I needs if I need balance I can ask him what does this need salt really he get knows. out of here he knows because that's the, always the answer he knows because <laughs> he has it but he knows he knows yeah. like if something's like too like. Bitter, like I remember, I made some mashed potatoes like last week. He was like, in, in the food mill, it was a new one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I should have gone with a smaller uh, plate. Um, okay, a uh, smaller die. Smaller die. Yeah. And uh, he was like, grainy. They're too yeah. grainy. <laughs> oh, you're creating a monster. I, like, oh my God. I love it. That's good. It is good. He know so he knows, and and he uh, he will eventually learn. Yeah. <laughs> So he's owned a PB PB and J's now. I love PB and J's. You know, if you can do that. So my fiance does not like peanut butter and jelly. What's up with that? I'm not sure. Like I'm having, I'm a little conflicted about it. Cause like, I still like them. I actually like them maybe more now than I did when I was a kid. It's a, it's a easy. Well, now that I know about flake salt, cause I put a little flake Uh, salt on that thing, dude. And crunchy crunch. Oof. Next level, dude. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Have you ever toasted your PB and J? Yes, that is. Uh, that I is think that was something. I, that might have been something that we did maybe. together you with you a put foie gras in there too. Oh, yeah. Didn't we do a foie gras dude, peanut butter totally and jelly? Did. Right. <laughs> we totally that did. opened up a next with like huckleberry uh, yes. jam or something like that. That was it. oh, yeah. good, stuff. good stuff. Okay, okay. So let's get back to it. So, so you've been out of the culinary field for decade yeah 12, like 12 years, 12 years. well i i still you know i here's here's the thing oh no you came and worked I for did, me and i came and worked for you <laughs> you <first>. did <laughs> i we totally can't forget forgot. that i know we can't forget that okay part. so so i i recruited you that's right after because you recruited me and i, I was how like, did i forget about that i yeah. know you forced it out of your brain <laughs> you're like god damn it um and mandy actually worked for us too that's right yeah that's right i had both of you guys yeah, for a little while she was event coordinator um she was a she was a baller i think she was our first event coordinator that we had for our group and but anyways i recruited you when we opened for lunch yes because you had been out of the culinary field for a minute you you were kind of like starting your practice and stuff that's right and and i was like i need you I was like, it was more of a favor. Yeah. I was that, like, I'll pay you whatever I can pay you. Like as much as I can pay you, I'll yeah, pay that you. Was, that was great. And, but I need somebody to do lunch and only lunch. Yeah. Like, I, cause I can't, I can't, cause I was trying to do it all. And I was like coming unraveled. Right. I couldn't be there 15 hours a day. Right. Every day. And I was there every day back then. Like I was there seven days a week. Like I wouldn't you leave. You were there a lot. Like I wouldn't leave. Yeah. You know? But having you there in the morning allowed me not to have to be there in the morning, which was huge because I needed like to sleep and like yeah. <laughs> pull my life together somehow. Um, so yeah, you were a huge help in that. How was that experience for you? 
that was that was good times. There was not a lot of a pressure there. Um, yeah, you know, lunches weren't weren't that crazy. weren't or... that crazy, and um, just the, the the you know being able to check the product in and yeah. uh, get the prep list started. Yeah, that, that was that, huge. That, that that was good, and that uh, that worked well. Um, you know, trying to start my own practice. Mm-hmm. Um, because you were, I think you only, you were, you like left at like two or something. It was a pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, it was like sh- after two and then like could eight. take clients. Yeah. 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 And that was, that was great. And, you know, um, I just, I was happy to see you like get your own, get your own place. Yeah. And thank um, you for being a part whatever. of it. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was actually, that was good times. Um, yeah. There was some, there was some cool food that came through there too. We were doing, we were doing really a lot of different stuff then. Mm hmm like really trying to push what we were able to do because mm-hmm. we were busy too. Like, Oh yeah. That place was just getting, it reminded me of blue. Like I was like, we're just getting hammered every day. Yeah. Um, uh, it was hot. I mean, that was super hot. Yeah. At the time. Trying to do like that uh, kind of elevated food. I'm <laughs> like, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you don't have a team that's committed. Right. And that's the thing that was tough about, about my experience at five church when we first opened was that I didn't have, like you and me and Ben as my sous chefs, right. I had Kyle who was awesome yeah, and he was an animal, but like it was the two of us yeah. and then my line. Um, and Adam was a part of my line then, which was good. Right. But he wasn't, he like, just didn't have the chops then. Yeah. Like, he, 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 you whipped him into, yeah. to great, great shape. What, yeah. a, what a great story. Well, he's, him. yeah. And he, I mean, he's the future now, right? Yeah. Like, so he's gonna, you know, he's, he's just a, a gangster. And, yeah. and, and like, and actually probably surpasses a lot of like the management stuff that I ever was interested in. Mm. Cause that wasn't the part of the thing for me either. Like I didn't want to be a manager. Right. You know, I wanted to create. It was about the food. It was about the food. Yeah. Like that's like, it's all it's about for yeah. me. Um, and so, so having him who's, who is a very good manager, like he's very good at managing people, systems, lists, like organization, like all that stuff is a huge anchor to have. Um, yeah, but you were such an important part of that too. Oh, it was it was a good good time. Yeah, so that was probably your last. Thanks, thanks. That was my that was my <laughs> last. I, I bowed out uh, gracefully there. Yeah. Do you we ever on good terms? Right? We, yeah, of course we did. Yeah, totally. I mean, you didn't walk out on me. Yeah. I think you were like, "All right, I'm fucking done with this shit," and I was like. Thanks for giving me as much time <laughs> yeah. as you did. I knew I was on bar- borrowed time from the beginning. Right, right. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Um, but it was good because you got us through the 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 crux of it do you ever miss it yeah i do i do miss it every once in a while that camaraderie the intensity because now you work alone i work alone on people on people without camaraderie and yeah it's a different connection with people uh still something tactile Mm -hmm. that i can offer somebody and get immediate gratification Mm -hmm. I, i know they're happy yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, I, or I you're help, helping them. I help somebody who's improving in pain. their, yeah. Yeah. It, people with their mobility, their, their pain management. Um, and I will say, and I do have to say for the, for the sake of the podcast that you are excellent at it too. By thank the way. you. I, because I have needed you. Yeah. We've, we've worked together and yeah, you've worked heavily on me. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, I remember, and this was, after this is like ways after you had left five church and you were doing just your own practice. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the fuck was going on with me, but like, I could not like stand up straight. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't without extreme pain. Um, and you were able to like 
maintain a level of civility in my body that I was able to like yes. function. Uh, the kitchen's rough on yeah. uh, on people. I wish I wish there was more. <laughs> That, more. that could be done for for those folks that, that better, were better shoes yeah better, better <laughs> shoes better ergonomics all the, all the things yeah. uh, you know that wasn't really uh kind of the mo to to take care of yourself it was like yeah ride hard just get it done we got to get it done yeah get it done it's so foolish you know we spent so much time taking care of other people right like and you do that now too i so that gene is is the same I, and I, what you're doing now it's is derivative we, yeah. totally I, where I, that I, hospitality of like caring for others and that goes it goes back to um you know for full circle with seeing my folks mm -hmm. uh, help help bring joy to people in some way and 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 really taking pride and uh contentment and knowing that you've you've fed somebody you've made them happy you've just helped them out in some way, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's um, why I've loved what I've done, mm -hmm. and and I carry that same thread in whatever I do. So whatever whatever is next, I'm I'm not sure, but you know I do. <laughs> I dream about the uh, you know <laughs> the Pangea concept, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a small a small uh, bed and breakfast or. Um, little place to to still keep keep the culinary roots mm -hmm. or at least keep that sense of hospitality alive and whatever I do how is is cooking as fun and satisfying for you now because when I see you cook now you and I so you and I still cook together sometimes like we'll do like a like a cookout or something yeah yeah a little and like just like a little dinner thing yeah and you still you still put like the attention to detail and the focus on the flavors and layering. It's not just like, Hey, we're going to throw some shit on the grill. Yeah. It's like, there's a very thoughtful idea about yeah, what kind of meat are we going to use? How try, are we gonna... I still try to take that approach. <laughs> is it as fun for you now? Or is it more fun? How, what's yeah. your relationship to cooking now versus when you did it? Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a job. <laughs> um, I'm, I am the, you're the cook. I am the cook of the family. <laughs> um, surprise and pants pants isn't whipping she, up like a three course she's not she's not she doesn't she doesn't want to yeah uh, that's why i need ziggy i need yeah. him to learn i yeah. need a soup i need a soup <laughs> chef um but I yeah I, you know i i do get a lot of joy out of it um and when the pressure's not on you can really take your time with it especially with these things like uh the pizzas like just going through mm -hmm. all the the variables that mm -hmm. can that can happen i still find that a, a joyful thing and i like the science of it i love should we make um, some pizza tomorrow maybe i have a dough bubbling do you like, I, I mixed one up in. i mixed one up today um, i was like well you know i'm up here i'm in charlotte you know, Corey's in Charleston. I was like, I'm just gonna mix up a dough and have a pizza party tomorrow. I got I mean, no. If you if you want to come by, I'll fire up the uh, fire oven. Up. But uh, you know, it is it is it is fun, and um, it's a it's an essential thing. You know, sometimes you get lazy, mm. and uh, so what happens? What happens to your dinner when you get lazy? When Turtle's not feeling it, he's not inspired. 
what's going down for supper? Oh, man. You know, like, it's what's your cop out? Like, like, I can't, you know, I have to like even, even still put a fucking spin on it. It's yeah. Be, you even can't even ramen. I'm like, yeah, I got to do it. Yeah. I got to do a seven minute egg at yeah, least. Yeah. There's got to be scallions in it at yeah. least. There's got to be organic. Show you at least. Yeah. There's got to, yeah. you yeah. know what Let I mean? Roast, roast a pork I'll, chop or I'll, something yeah, and I'll, slice well, it up. I'll pull the smoked pork out of the freezer that I had. You know what I mean? Although I did, why, I, and that's why I wanted to interview because I've seen this madness. Yeah, like you can't shake it. I can't let it go. I can't, <laughs> you can't shake it. it. I can't let you. it go. Mandy knows it too. Yeah. She's like, why can you not just just boil the noodles out and be done and have some people over and 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 no. it's got to be a whole thing because right. I, I I did that from the get go when I was doing that, you know, in in college or whatever. That was like. Yeah, it's, it's got to be as good as I can make it. Right. right. It's like if you have a jalapeno, you have to you do, gotta slice it. You got to do your there. best job that you can do. Like, <laughs> where does that come from, and why? Why is that diminishing? You probably don't even know it's diminishing because you work by yourself, doing great work every day on your on your own. Well, I'm my own hardest critic too. Like if I if if I well, if I'm not there, like I you know I'm yeah. I'm rough on myself. Like I didn't deliver. But I think the workforce, the young workforce that's coming out today, from what I see, is not motivated the same way that we are, or in the same way that you are. I mean, shit, you're fucking jazzing up ramen noodles up here, putting out like yeah, a. Yeah, I I think you can just like. But but young people, I think it not. probably expands and contracts. There's a, there's a lot of factors probably in that work ethic. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we can't discount the emotional and psychological wreckage that a pandemic like this has brought on us. Yeah, throw in I, throw I don't in know political that, yeah and and all the things leading up to it. It's been a really shitty run in a lot of ways. I yeah. think for the American worker. And I yeah. don't know, um, you know, from a kitchen standpoint, but I can tell you, even working in a kitchen back in the day, I, I, I worked my ass off mm -hmm. and that that's because there was a, a certain pride that you took in that, mm -hmm. um, you did not want to appear weak. People would come in sick. People would work 80 hours a week and not get compensated for it. And I think I think there's a good aspect to that that workers do need to stand up for some basic rights that are missing mm -hmm. here and especially in in the culinary world. I don't know what's changed. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure there's a lot more uh, benefits. It, oh, it's definitely changing. And, I mean, I think so a lot of the chefs that I talk to now and owners and operators and, and us included are, I think, and I think, I think a lot of it is stemming from the remnants of the pandemic, right? Is mm -hmm. the realization that, that our industry almost got wiped out because we had to close. Right. And restaurants aren't like, they're not like banks <laughs> where, there's, where there's a pile of money in the basement and you just keep grabbing from you're, it. You're skating on razor thin <laughs> yeah. uh, margins yeah. anyway. And so when you're closed, the place is just, it's just dwindling away and workers are laid off and like all, all that stuff and just how volatile the industry was. I think a lot of us became alerted to, you know, we didn't realize it when things are good, right? You're just kind of trucking along, right. 
living off of the ca- like the cash flow in restaurants is great because there's hundreds of thousands of restaurants that are busy all the time and there's money coming in and out all the time and that's great and healthy right so you're not really really looking for the the problems and i think the pandemic really highlighted a lot of how oh, yeah. broken and fractured the industry was huge magnifying glass and so so and it's changing like we're changing i know a lot of other chefs are 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 looking for ways to make it um a more attractive um, um, industry industry yeah. or, or career choice for right. people like I picked this career because that's how I communicated with people was through food and that's how I could nurture people was through food because I wasn't doing it just like like socially right <laughs> right this is my way to like reach out to people right. and be human with them right because I really just wanted to punch everybody in the face sure. when I was when yeah. I was younger right like Absolutely. that's all I wanted yeah. so it was the only way I could I could do that and so it wasn't about money. It wasn't about career. It wasn't about celebrity or any of that. It was about like, this is how I just, this is how I can function in this world around me, right. you know, successfully. And I think fast forward to now, we have to look at it and say, okay, well, what was true for me, what, however long, that was a long, long time mm-hmm. ago, <laughs> is not true for the people today. It's a different environment. And so how do we make this a career where people want to do it? Right. Right. Like they are like they want to be in restaurants because it's fun. It, you make good money. You can have benefits or time off or whatever. Yeah. And, and so that and that's, I think, the direction it's going. I th- and, and that's is great. Uh, I, I don't know about, you know, work ethic is one of those things. It's, uh, I guess, subjective and for coming. I'm not consider myself old, but old uh, timer in the, the way we were kind of brought up, you know, and that's. 70s 80s 90s is a little bit different than than now and the the tricky thing will be with those razor thin margins how that cost is um spread out from purveyors Mm -hmm. to patrons and what is the true cost of dining um out you know when you when you Mm -hmm. when you look at it if those (laughs) workers need those things People need to understand what it costs to that, truly right. deliver. Yeah, I think an artisan meal, or or even just a. a yeah, I think I, you know what I'm going to do. Actually, a podcast about that because okay. I think it's an important. You you strike an important point, which is that there's two sides to this thing, right? There's the restaurants and the workers, and then there's the public that that, that dine at the restaurants, right? Yeah. The people who are consuming the service and the people providing the service. Well, the cost of those services is skyrocketed because of the global environment that we're in now, um, and just the cost of employing people and all that has gone up. Growing food costs more, fossil fuel, like everything costs more. And the people that are consuming the service have an expectation of what it costs or what it's worth to them. And there needs to be some sort of reconciliation there right, between what it costs and what people's expectation is or what their willingness is to pay. And I think that that's a good question that we need to dive into. Yeah. Well, wow, that's fucking deep. All right. (laughs) Well, we, we covered some shallow territory and some deep territory, right? Some deep territory. 
Bubs, thanks for coming on my uh, my podcast. It's been a pleasure, Jamie. I look forward. I to... always like chatting with you, Bubs. <laughs> I look forward to cooking with you again real soon. Yeah, let's let's privately, yes, not professionally. <laughs> I'll take that. All right, all right. Let's do some pizzas. All right. Thanks, Bubs. Cheers, Bubs. <laughs>